things theology, all things theology. We chop it up properly without an apology. Gotta give theology to God hollow because this is how we do it at all things theology, all things theology, all things theology. We chop it up properly without an apology. Gotta give theology to God hollow because this is how we do it at all things theology. Yo, grace and peace, guys. It's Kate up here, and welcome to All Things Theology. That's right, All Things Theology. All Things of Theology exists to talk about all of Christianity. All Things Theology desires for Christians to grow in every aspect of their life. And I hope that this podcast encourages you. Thanks to those who are watching on all podcast apps, those watching visually on YouTube, a grace and peace. Make sure you subscribe if you aren't. And uh, share it out also if, if, it's, if, if the material that I produce, if it encourages you, if it's been helpful for you, make sure other people hear it and uh, give it a like, download it, uh, you know, just help, help out this podcast. This is the first episode, yes, the inaugural episode of All Things Theology. Man, I'm so excited for uh, All Things Theology podcast. Uh, wherever you're watching, I, I want to thank you right now for, for tuning in. You don't have to. And um, that, that encourages me that you are listening right now. And so, hey, God bless you. May you be encouraged by this new podcast. So happy new year, guys. It's, it's 2020, it's 2021 guys. Uh, 2020 was crazy. <laughs> uh, wow. Right. Like a, a lot happened in 2020, right? Uh, the election cycle is, is, is crazy. It's, I know it's not officially over, but it's insane. Right, we had coronavirus, right, going on, and COVID nineteen, right? Uh, <laughs> wow, twenty twenty was crazy, man. And so, I I I really hope that twenty twenty one is better. Um, I hope that you know, you know what? I hope I hope that your twenty twenty wasn't as bad as um, maybe the media made it seem. I hope that you did have a blessed uh, twenty twenty, but. Man, uh, 2020 was crazy, man. I was thinking about this earlier that I, I don't recall a year as crazy as this. I, I'm not even going to say bad. I'm just going to say crazy, right? This this was a crazy year. Um, I, I'm sure you can point to some years. Okay, 20, uh, 2008 was pretty crazy, right? Uh, all that going on. Uh, there were some other years that was crazy, but I don't, man, it seemed like every day I was waking up to something new going on. <laughs> I don't know about you guys. But uh, it's over. 2020 is over. But guess what? God is still sovereign. He is reigning on the throne still. He is king of kings, lord of lords. And so whatever happens in 2021, uh, he still will be sovereign and reigning. Amen. But, man, let's, let's, let's get into the topic. Let's talk about it, guys, because oh, our transition, while we're, on the, while we're on the theme of talking about the new year, I was thinking, man, uh, usually every year you see charismatic preachers prophesying, right? Decre- decreeing and declaring at the end of the year. <laughs> and I don't know, maybe it's just because it's not in my circles, but I haven't really been seeing a lot of promises of, of it's your season, right? Because I think many, <laughs> I think many uh, charismatic preachers are kind of scared to promise uh, any kind of good thing 
because of what we saw in 2020, right? I mean, because right, they were wrong going in, uh, ending 2019, going in 2020, right? It's, it's your season, God. You're going to be prosperous, man. The whole nation collapsed, it seemed like. <laughs> in America, it seemed like, right? Um, so I haven't seen a lot of that. And um, I think, well, one, rightly so, because, I mean, those are false promises anyway. Uh, you're just feeding on people's false hopes. And so you, we, we don't want to make those promises anyway, right? Um, but I think a lot of charismatic preachers are, are fearful um, to make those promises, like I said, because of the unexpectancy. And it's like that every year, but definitely this year, right? We don't know what's going to happen in 2021. I mean, even trying to predict what will happen, it's like, man, I, I, I don't know, <laughs> right? Generally, we could have some kind of okay, you know, this is what's going to happen. Stock market's going to be generally good or, you know, this person's going to be present. We, we have no idea what's going to happen in 2021. <laughs> and so I think our word of faith uh, prosperity preachers there are um, just sitting back, not wanting to prophesy anything. And, and, and thankfully they aren't, you know, because the prophecies they have made, uh, uh, right, right now they don't, you know, the ones who prophesied Biden's going to win, uh, uh, Trump's going away. We, 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 we. <laughs> Man, it's, 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 a, it's been a crazy year. But let's talk about that, guys. Let's While we're on the topic of Word of Faith Theology, that's going to be the topic of today's show. Uh, word of Faith Theology, man. Today I want to look into Word of Faith Theology and show why it's dangerous, why Christians should reject it. Uh, you may have heard of, maybe, maybe you haven't heard of Word of Faith theology. Maybe you've heard also known as like prosperity gospel. Uh, those are the same thing, different different name. Word of faith theology is dangerous because it also has a direct impact on other movements that may not be labeled word of faith or prosperity gospel. You know, um, I think many groups are starting to understand those negative connotations because many uh, people in the, you know reform faith. A uh, lot, lot of people who aren't even reformed, but a lot of people who have a good sound orthodoxy reject those as false teachings, and they don't want to be lumped into that group. But they, 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 they shift into a new lane, right? Who am I talking about? Like that does that? Groups like Bethel, Hillsong, they are prosperity gospel and word of faith in their theology, but they don't go around labeling themselves that. Right, they don't call themselves prosperity preachers or anything like that. As a matter of fact, many churches have been impacted by word of faith teachings. Many non-denominational churches out there have been impacted by word of faith teachings. Actually, matter of fact, even unbelievers, when you, whenever you hear them talk about God, their their presuppositions comes from a a word of faith ideology. Um, you know. Faith and faith and, and and all these things, you know, uh, you know that God is going to bless them financially um, if they have enough faith, and and, and that God is going to heal them if they have enough faith. And we're going to get more into those ideas, but that's the common aroma of of today in the world, right? I grew up, I grew up in a lot of the Word of Faith. Uh, prosperity gospel teachings. If, if some of you who have watched uh, my uh, material before, uh, primarily, you know, when I'm doing a lot of YouTube stuff, uh, still am, but when I was just solely on YouTube, now I got the podcast now. Um, a lot of you guys know I grew up in Word of Faith theology. I can remember, you know, uh, family members playing the um, 
the you know, the big name word of faith preachers. You know, I, I can remember, you know, kind of kind of having that 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 uh, the, the uh, ideology. You know, I would bring a plaque. I would bring <laughs> Philippians fourteen Philippians four thirteen plaque uh, on my football games because I was it wasn't that superstitious that man if I just trust in God he's gonna I'm gonna score five touchdowns every game. You know, I only did that once, but <laughs> but that was the kind of mindset, you know, like, uh, you know, God was just going to make me, uh, you know, this this big superstar. And I had people telling me that family members telling me that, you know, this, uh, this ideology, it was, it was it was embedded in me, you know. And so I speak one from from studying this 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 movement, but also being in it, even when I first became a Christian, that was the. The, the, when I when I truly I believe I was born again, that was the first church I was involved in. That was the first church I was serving in. That was the first church I was at. And so, when when I say the word of faith theology is dangerous, the prosperity gospel movement is dangerous. Is it's, it's from study, and from seeing it firsthand, what it does, right? And so, who are some of the big names in the word of faith theology? There's many. There's many who uh, are big names. There are many who are um, in, in influential or, or who have been impacted. But let me share a few. Share a few big names. There's, like I said, there's more. And hey, if there's more, hey, share them in the comments. Uh, reach out. Share more. Uh, you know, if you've had a experience of Word of Faith, uh, uh, you know, church, reach out. Put in the comments. Feel free to email me. But some of the big names are Kenneth Copeland, T.D. Jakes, Creflo Dollar, Benny Hinn, Joel Osteen, Joyce Myers, Paula White, right? These are some of the bigger names that you may recognize. If you've ever dealt with the prosperity gospel movement, these are <laughs> these are the people that you you know should be ringing a bell, sounding alarm. If someone says, "Hey, I was reading this Kenneth Copeland book," and he was, you should be like, "Hmm, well, about that." <laughs> you know, this is a dangerous movement. One day we'll have to get deep into the origins of the Word of Faith uh, theology, where it came from, because I, I believe it. I, I know that it started off pagan roots. Like I said, we'll, we'll we'll do just a really short dive. Like that, that's not the point of this podcast here today. But just to keep it short, Word of Faith theology was started primarily by E. W. Kenyon. He was a uh, he he's he's usually cited as the origin uh, originator of Word of Faith teaching. Like many people would credit him with being um, the Word of Faith origin uh, originator. Um. You know, he he kind of many many will also say he kind of started this modern this positive confession theology in Christianity, right? Um, which is a uh, very prevalent, like I said, in Word of Faith theology. It's very prevalent in in Pentecostal circles. Uh, many of those non-denominational movements uh, like that. And like I said, we'll get more into positive confession in a bit. Um, Many, many also say that Kenyon was influenced by New Thought movement. Like I said, all the like uh, positive confession isn't wasn't a new thing to Word of Faith. Just E. W. Kenyon Christianized it, Christianized it, 
and he developed his teaching and positive uh, confession from that influence. Like I said, I wish we can go more in depth. Uh, I will provide a resource uh, for you later to where you can get more in depth in some of the uh, Word of Faith history. So if if, if people would call the uh, originator of Word of Faith teaching, would they would credit that to, that to E.W. Kenyon, then um, Kenneth Hagin Sr. would be recognized as the father of the Word of Faith. He definitely uh, was influenced by Kenyon. Um, Many times you can see direct quotes, almost <laughs> the same in his, many of his books. Um, he definitely popularized E.W. Kenyon's um, works, his ideology, his, his uh, theology. And so this is why, like I said, this, this is why it, this movement is dangerous. Like I said, because it has, it has pagan roots that are not biblical. Let's get into some of the errors that the word of faith theology makes. Error number one, they essentially claim that God is obligated to obey people's words. Now, they won't come off and say it directly like that, right? But they'll say things and they'll quote scripture, maybe like a proof text, like Let's go over the proof text first, like Mark eleven twenty four. Therefore, I tell you, whatever you whatever. Hold on, let me <clears throat> let me put on my my word of faith preacher voice. Therefore, I tell you, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you have received it, and it will be yours. <laughs> I'm a little rusty. Give me cut me some flag, y'all. A little rusty. I ain't been in word of faith theology in like ten years. <laughs> but this is. This is some of the proof text they'll use, right? In word of faith teaching, a central element of receiving from God is confession, often called positive confession, what we've talked about. You know, this positive thinking. I can, I, I can, I, I can remember growing up many times, you know, seeing, my, seeing family members sick, sick, you know, seeing my mom sick and say, well, you know, you sound like you're sick. Oh, no, don't speak that over me. I ain't sick. Right. Because you can't confess, <laughs> you know, these negative things, these 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 things like that, or they become true. You know, you know, they take scriptures out of context, like in, in Proverbs about the power of the tongue and things like that. You know, and so they have this idea that if, you know, if we have this positive confession, um, you know, you know, brought together by faith, then it can, ha then it will happen. You know, if we pray, hey, God, I'm trusting that you will make me rich, then God will answer that prayer. See, you, you see what it says? It says, whatever you ask for in prayer, you know? And so <laughs> this is one of the errors they make. Uh, and Like I said, they, they, because we're to pray according to God's will. Like I said, we'll, we'll, we'll get more into that in a second. But another issue, and, and, and like I said, word, word, word of faith theology, it really kind of shifts the, the, the who's really in control. Is it man or God, right? Because, you know, in this theology, man is elevated and God becomes de-elevated, you know. 
we kind of tell God what to do. He's kind of he's working for us to to make sure we're happy, that we're, you know, feeling great about ourselves and we're having the best life now. And every day is a Friday. Right. I'm, I'm quoting major books of these guys that that are in this theology. When you and I get together and say, OK, this is God's promise. We agree with him that he can now do it. Then God begins to do it. So prayer is man giving God earthly license for heavenly interference. Oh and when you read the word of God, it begins to make sense. Paul says, pray always and never stop. Because when you stop praying, heaven is locked up. You should pray 24 hours a day. When you're driving your car, in the kitchen while you're cooking, okay. while you are Slow sleeping, down, pass, pass, you better pray because he wants access you, constantly. You just said something amazing. Heaven is locked up when we quit praying. Absolutely. Dear God. That's why Jesus woke him up. He says, guys, don't sleep. He says, men are always to pray. He said, look, you got, your sleeping is blocking interference. Boy. He says, there's got to be someone all the time telling me, interfere, interfere, interfere. That's why all night prayer meetings are also good. But you don't need to pray all night because some other folks are up. But you can also pray all night. It gives God access constantly. People, give the Lord a mighty hand. Why can't God just save everybody? He needs a human agency. That's why you and I got to preach. We got to preach to give God license and literally go and convict that person to bring them to him. We are critical to God's program. I, here's the way I say it, and I quote from a very famous person. Uh, and this is very important. St. Augustine said this, and of course, uh, John Wesley repeated it. He says, it seems as if without man, God will not. And without God, man cannot. God needs us. We need God. It's a partnership. Prayer is doing business with God on earth. But, you know, if this theology is true, how does this not make us God? Right? If God is ultimately obligated to obey our positive confession, if I have enough faith, it really undermines God and his sovereignty. And this, and this movement does not have a high view of God's sovereignty. Many of the, there's been some in this movement that, that say God is not in control. This isn't his realm. This ain't his dominion. It's not his kingdom. This is our realm. You know, positive confession, speak blessings over your life, right? You know, I'm not sick or I'm rich. Versus of you, the, the, you know, the, to, to promulgate that is, you know, I'm the head. I'm not the tail. And, 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 uh, and if you, you know, be, be a student of theology, my friends, when you're examining these mo this movement. Go to the verses that it actually, um, you know, um, they're quoting. And oftentimes, nine out of t 99 out of 10 times, it's not even about money. You know, you read the context, you, you, know, you, you know, don't just be a proof texter. Don't be lost in just one verse, right? Read the context. Oftentimes, you find that the context is not money. Like I said, I, I told you about the plaque thing. Oftentimes I've heard Philippians 4.13 quoted about being, you know, being rich, being all you can be. You know, I can do all things that through Christ is in me. You know, you read the context, Paul's talking about suffering, which is not huge on the word of faith theology list. You know, they, they, you know there are many in the word of faith theology that view 
suffering and sickness as a sign of the devil. You know? It's, 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 it's crazy. But it's weird, though. It's weird, though. I was thinking about this right before I did the show. It's weird how they'll claim, on one hand, positive confession, if only you believe, right? Then on the next hand, they, they'll, they'll claim that you have to give in order to get the blessing to work with or something to that effect. Like, well, it's, it's not enough if you believe. One, one hand, it's positive confession. Believe, believe, believe. On the other hand, it's not enough that you believe. You got to sow the seed. Sow the seed for your greed, <laughs> right? And so it's very confusing. And, and, and that's what false teaching does. It, it, they, false teachers can never be consistent. That's one thing I'm thankful for about God, man, that false teachers can never be consistent. They will even contradict themselves, right? As I just stated, those are two contradicting, opposing uh, statements right there. And so, yeah, that's the first error. They bring God low. They, you know, they make, they, they claim that God is obligated to obey our words, you know, and so we'll, we'll actually get, a, a lot of these points will interconnect that I'm talking about the error. There'll be minute differences, but there also will be, um, you know, connect, you know, connecting with one another, these points. Um, and so error number two, many of these word of faith, uh, prosperity, gospel preachers believe that God's favor is actually the result in riches or, or your healing, Right. They'll quote things like Philippians 4.19, and my God will supply every need of yours according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. See, brother, you're not supposed to be sick. You're not supposed to be broke, God. God's children. He doesn't want his children broke. He don't want his, his children sick. Any good parent would not want their children sick or broke. He wants the best for them. You know, these are the arguments they'll bring forth. <laughs> I'm sorry for my uh, my uh, prosperity gospel, <laughs> you know, voice. Uh, I said I need to work on it. But uh, if I brought my two children up on the platform today and their clothes were all raggedy, worn out, holes in their shoes, hair not combed, you would look at me and think, what kind of father is he? It'd be a poor reflection on me. Listen, when you look good, dress good, live in a nice place, excel in your career, generous with others, that brings a smile to God's face. It brings him pleasure to prosper you. Yeah, this is what they teach. Let me, let, me, let, me, let me give you some quotes. Let me give you some receipts, as they say these days. Because many people are like, ah, man, come on, Kate up. Come on, man, you, you, you misquoting them. You, you, you. Like I said, and there's going to be videos in here, too. You, you're not... You're not being um, fair to these guys. They're not saying that. Kenneth Hagin, in his book, Seven Things You Should Know About Divine Healing, page 21, says, I am fully convinced I would die saying it's so. So, right, this is saying, hey, this is truth upon truth. Like, we know for certain this is true. He said, I'm fully convinced, right, that is the plan of our Father God. In his great love and in his great mercy, that no believer should ever be sick. That every believer should live his full lifespan down here on this earth, right? So, hey, you know, so that means every male should live to about 75 years old. 
you know. And watch this, and that every believer should finally just fall asleep in Jesus. So, right, you know, no car crash, no no uh, cancer, right? You, you, hey, you just, hey, when it's your time, you just, you on that pillow, gone, right? And so, <laughs> when you read the Bible, you see a whole nother message, right? Th that suffering isn't so anti-God as these people see it. Matter of fact, you, you read suffering in like passages like Romans 5, 3, and 4, where it talks about um, our suffering producing a godly character. It's producing patience. Man, I, I, I know many believers who've, who've experienced great sufferings. Uh, my wife has experienced great sufferings. And oftentimes when they come out of that suffering, they, they one, they've learned a lot. <laughs> about their dependence on Jesus, but they've grown a lot. Like, wow, man, I, I really need the Lord. But if you don't suffer, man, and, and you know, you know, texts like uh, Philippians, Philippians 1, I believe, where it talks about God actually uh, granting us to suffer. Like, like I said, suffering is not very high on their list of uh, Christian importances. You know, if we, we're, we're more like Jesus when we suffer, right? People want to reign, but they don't want to suffer, man. You know, they don't want to call themselves apostles and <laughs> all this, but they don't want to suffer like the apostles and the prophets. So, yeah, that's their view on healing. You shouldn't be sick. And so we're going to get more into the, the practical stuff of this. But the question goes, if if you get sick, why did you get sick? They would claim it's a lack of faith that you are not trusting in God. You know, I mean, <laughs> you see the, you see the, you know, um, but th that's not the answers that the apostle gave to, you know, to, to Timothy who was having uh, stomach issues or other people who had illnesses. And that wasn't the claim. Matter of fact, in John 9, right, what, what, what? Why the the Pharisees asked the question? Is he is he was he blind because of his sin or his parents? And Jesus says no, right? Pretty much saying no. He 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 was born blind for this moment right here. All these years this man was born blind. Jesus said it was it was done to show the works of God right here. And so there, they don't understand. They don't have a biblical view of suffering, right? Suffering is not evil per se, right? When, when, when affliction comes upon us, we should not always say the devil, the devil, right? When sickness comes upon us or, you know, some, some, you know, suffering, the devil ain't God, man. And so, yeah. And like I said, they like I said, we, we talked about healing. So, um, what about riches? Yeah, right, the prosperity purchase, man. They all they talk about is money. It seems like money coming to me now. Listen to the Holy Ghost. Listen to the Holy Ghost. He's gonna set you free tonight. This is your night. Listen to the Holy Ghost. Move with the Holy Ghost. Come out of the bag and move with the Holy Ghost. Tonight is your breakthrough in Jesus' name.
at one time, popular uh, prosperity preacher, Fred Price. This was on a Praise the Lord broadcast on TVN in the 90s. <laughs> I'm going back on y'all boys. He said, it's a matter of your faith. So just what I talked about. You, you want to get, get blessed? And this is me talking, not, not the quote. You want to get blessed? You want to get healed? It's a matter of your faith. Check it out. It's a matter of your faith. You got $1 faith and you ask for a $10,000 item, it ain't going to work. It won't work. Jesus said, according to your faith, not according to his will. Wow. If he can work it into his busy schedule, he said, according to your faith, be it unto you. Now, I may want to roll his voice, but don't, but don't have but bicycle faith. Guess what I'm going to get? A bicycle. <laughs> Well, I call Jesus saying, if we have faith of a mustard seed, man, we'll move mountains. But I mean, I don't know. But notice the this the blasphemous talk of, man, uh, not according to His will. Well, 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 Scripture play tells us to pray according to His will. First uh, John five fourteen. So this is confidence that we have toward Him. That if we ask anything, oh see, see, they want to they want to stick on stuff like that. You ask anything, so you're gonna get it. But what it says, we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. You know? See, a lot of these guys don't pray in the will of God. Yes, pray, you know, pray. And and and, and let me say this, because I know this will be the common probably response. I am not against people being rich. I am not against people being healthy, receiving healing. I do believe God heals. Um, not in the way they, they say so. I do believe God provides financially, not in the way they say so. So I'm not promoting a poverty gospel because that's wrong too. <laughs> I've seen that lately. But this twisting of scripture to get your greed for the love of money, right? It's evil. It's evil. We pray according to his will. And guess what? If we don't get it, it's not because of a lack of faith. Like I said, where is the sovereignty of God in this? Like I said earlier, man, it's it's because they they elevate man. They elevate man a lot. And that's one of their teachings that humans are little gods. There's been many clips of them saying this very thing, right? And they'll quote passages out of context. Uh, uh, Psalm, Psalm eighty-two six, or Jesus quotes from. Uh, I believe it's in John ten. But John, uh, you know, the quote is from eight, Psalm eighty-two six, where Jesus and oh, uh, John ten thirty-four is where it's at. And, but Jesus is quoting from uh, Psalm eighty-two six, 
Jesus answered them, it is not written in your law. I've said that you are gods. And so many of them, man, they, they hang on that. See, we're gods. We are, we are little gods. You know, but this was not a, <laughs> Jesus was not using this verse as they think it was. Jesus was actually using this as divine judgment upon the leaders of Israel. That, if, if you go read Psalm 82, you'll see that's the point, right? Because scripture clearly says there's one God. And so a main tenet of word of faith theology is that when we ask something of God in faith, he is compelled to fill the request. You know, as, as little gods, our words have much power. This is, you know, their, their anthropology of man is very similar to Mormonism theology. If you, if you, matter of fact, you can argue that the word of faith theology is worse because Mormons believe we will, we will become gods while um, the word of faith proponents argue that we are gods right now i'm in covenant relation yeah. i am a little god critics you are anything that he is yes now in verse 26 and verse 27 god now submits himself to this principle of everything producing after its own kind and in verse 26 and 27 let's read it out loud ready read and God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over the cattle and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he him. Male and female created he them. Now that's interesting because if everything produces after its own kind, we now see God producing man. And if God now produces man and everything produces after its own kind, if horses get together, they produce what? And if dogs get together, they produce what? If cats get together, they produce what? But if the Godhead gets together and say, let us make man, then what are they producing? They're producing gods. Now, I got to hit this thing real hard in the very beginning because I ain't got time to go through all this. But I'm going to say to you right now, you are gods, little g. You are gods because you came from God and you are gods. You're not just human. The only human part about you is this physical body that you live in. Let me ask you this. Hello, you. Are you God's offspring? Then you're not human. Wow, right? It's just very saddening. But Kenneth Hagin has says, has said, you are as much of the incarnation of God as Jesus Christ was. Every man has, who has been born again is an incarnation. Just so blasphemous right there. Blasphemous. You are not God. You are not like him. In that manner, in his power. There, there is no God besides God. Not even a little God. Blasphemous teachings. Isaiah 43.10, before me, no God was formed, nor will there be one after me. This is the God of Scripture. No one is like him, truly. 
You don't have the power of, of God to create ex nihilo. <laughs> but like I said, man, they, they elevate themselves to the, to the status of God. Number four, and I believe this is kind of the, this is where it gets practical and why I believe this is sad. Because I've seen it happen in, 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 in people's lives. I had to wrestle with this at one point when I was coming out of the theology. But I believe this theology actually puts guilt and bondage on believers. Why, why do I say that? Well, they claim, right, that faith will always produce healing in finances. Right? So you have to ask yourself the logical question. If you're not receiving these things, what, what what's wrong with me? Do, you know, do I have enough faith? Do I really trust the Lord? But 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 all these is based on material things that even non-believers can can possess, right? Like non-believers are are, are can be healthier than Christians and, and and definitely more financially prosperous than Christians. These aren't a a sign of 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 you know knowing the Lord and having much faith. So, so this can also muster up confidence in the flesh. Matter of fact, false assurance, like I said, because non-believers have these things. Have you ever, have you ever encountered someone who claimed that they knew they were saved because, uh, you know, God healed them or some experience they have? I can remember having a, a you know, a counter evangelizing someone where they, they, they stated this very thing. Man, I just know I know the Lord because, man, my, my grandma prayed for me one time and, Man, I was sick and you know, she and I was healed. I've been walking with the Lord ever since. Yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm in uh, you know, living living with a girl. You know, we got kids out of, you know, I sell drugs on the side too. But I know Jesus, man. You can't take that away from me. <laughs> like, wow, false assurance, right? Like it, this theology creates false, false Christians because of things like this. But this is how they win win people to Jesus. You 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 feed on people's greeds, and when you know they come in hungry for Jesus because you know they want money, they want they want to be healed, right? Right? Who doesn't want that? Um, you think you want a convert, but you didn't win them to Jesus, man. You just won them the money. You won them the healing, right? Is <laughs> that Shaolin said, man? If if you come to Jesus for money, then he's not your God. Money is. Like that's that's not that's not the gospel. But like I said, this is the primary thing on these guys' websites. Not the gospel. The gospel is, you know, the gospel is undermined. The gospel is, yeah, that's you know, they may agree, they may affirm if I, if I preach the gospel, yeah, yeah, yeah. But they also have another message which is supreme. I go on these guys' websites, man. I I, I did it before this show. That's the main thing. And, and, and friends, do not entertain a false gospel. Do not entertain this message they preach. The gospel is so much better than, than healing or, or finances. Is it wrong to pray for it? No, absolutely not. But if I don't get it, that's fine. Jesus has saved me from my sins. I, I get so much more than what I deserve. I have received his grace and mercy. And it's not by having a big bank account. It's not by my 401k. 
is by having the righteousness of Christ accredited to me by faith on my account. Right? That's the big bank account I need. <laughs> it's a spiritual account. Anything more I get, any healing I get, any you know finances he chooses to bless me with, hey, it's, it's, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I'll pray for those things, but I won't demand God gives them to me. I mean, you should hear how these guys talk. They'll demand God, bring down your blessings. Wow. Hey, just, just examine, guys, you know, if you're caught up in this movement, just examine them from the apostles. Like, And, and I'm saying re read, read it in context and listen to these guys talk. Man, my, my prayer is that, you know, if you're listening to this, caught up in this movement, wrestling with this, that you would come out. Uh, I say this in love. I say this in grace, you know, because I don't, I don't want anyone caught up in this movement. Like I said, I see how it's wrecked people's lives. Um, it's destroyed people's finances. It's put a strain on their relationships. Um, th th there's so much more that could be said. I, I know there's been many testimonies of, of people coming out that share that have gone in depth in the deception, the manipulation, and these movements, you know. But I want to provide a uh, couple resources for you guys. Uh, you know, if you're, you know, know someone in these movements, hey, send them this podcast for one. <laughs> you know, you can do that. Send them this episode. But you know, other resources that would be helpful is uh, the American Gospel. That film was great because they they go in depth. On many of their te these uh, word of faith um, teachings, they go way more in depth in this podcast. So hey, send them send them American Gospel. That 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 was a blessing. Also, uh, Justin Peterson Ministries, man, he's been he's been doing this man. I remember coming out of the word of faith theology and him being one of the first guys I heard, and he was such a blessing to me. So definitely check him out. And so, hey guys, the first inaugural podcast, All Things Theology. I hope it was a blessing to you. Um, like I said, make sure you subscribe. Uh, make sure if you're watching on YouTube, subscribe, hit the like button, leave a comment, share it out to others. If you're watching on podcasts, make sure you subscribe, man. You guys can email me at True. K-D-U-B-T-R-U at gmail.com. If you have any questions, if you have any concerns, if you, if you want to have uh, uh, any input to the show, if you have show ideas, you guys can. I'm an open book when it comes to that. I'm no expert on how to do this, so I'm still learning here. But, guys, hey, you can, you can stay in contact. Uh, you know, pray for you. Pray for me, definitely, with this. With this. I pray that the Lord will use this, this podcast to be an encouragement to others. Like I said, the reason why I started All Things Theology was to encourage people, man, in their faith. Grow them deeper. Like, man, we need we need to go deeper in the Word of God. <laughs> so maybe you're a layman out there saying, hey, I don't have enough time. I, I, I'm just, I, I don't know where to start. Hey, go deeper in the Word, man. Go deeper in the Word. Like, you can do it. If it's the Spirit has saved you, right, giving you a new heart, you can do it. And so, hey, guys, I hope this was a blessing to you. May you have a great a prosperous, and I mean spiritually speaking, a prosperous 2021. Hey, till the next episode, grace and peace.
Don't forget the downloads, okay? <laughs> Amen. 